tshuva as embracing ourselves, not as negating ourselves. Many per- people perceive their chatan, their sins of the past, as devilish and fundamentally dirty. The proverbial demons which we forever chase. But I posit, based on the approach of Ratzadak HaKain and the Yishpitzer, that authentic tshuva is not this at all. Authentic tshuva is the, an art of reframing. Embracing all aspects of self as essentially beautiful and possible to be expressed in a healthy, holy way. And seeing this way, the struggles of the past actually become stages for ever greater growth. Reb Tzadok HaKoyami Lublin explains that at the time of Truva, we actually see the Chatam of the past as part of our Derech Aliyah, as catapults to greater growth. These struggles forced us to take stock of self, to think about myself, and to develop within my swell self reservoirs of ruchniyastika strength, which I did not know I possessed. And in fact, says Reb Tzadik, all parts of self can be expressed in a noble way. In this regard, he explains Chazal's teaching, the Makam, um, the greater you are, the greater is your Yitzhahara. Says Ratzadik, that is because actually what you perceived as Yitzhahara is actually a Kayach Nafshi. It's like one of your Kayach Sanafesh, which you could do a lot with. Kayach Sanafesh, powers of personality, are actually gifts. For example, he explains. People who struggle with of promiscuity, which to some extent all of us males struggle with. Says Reb Tzadok, that drive is actually one of passion, which actually enables deeper, more meaningful relationships, whether with a spouse or with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. You are not a cold fish. You have passions burning within you, which are actually a gift. Direct it the right way. And so forth throughout his Svarim, he sees all so-called chatan this way. Now this teaching of Reb Tzadik is a little controversial. His Rebbe, the Ishbitzer, face some opposition for it. The suggestion that a mistake is in the words of the Ishbitzer, actually, Ratzon Hashem. Hashem wanted me to fall on my face if then I'm going to pick myself up. But people struggle with this 
Because we human beings are unable to resolve the issue of Yediyah Bechira. How, on one hand, we have free choice, but on the other hand, Hashem not only sees the future, but Hashem has a, an overall redemptive agenda in which everything finds, in the end, everything finds Gaula. Human beings can't wrap their head around that Yediyah Bechira conundrum, so hence, we have trouble understanding the how. But we can still accept the truth that if used properly, if used as a catapult for self-growth, tshuva, the chayt actually is a spark of aliyah. Now, the truth is, this tension, this struggle regarding how to see hate and sin as something devilish or something essentially beautiful which just has to be redeemed is debated by Chazal. The Amaram and Brachas debate, Misachas Brachas debate, who's God's all, the Tzaddik or the Baal Tshuva? Rabbi Yochanan, who holds the Tzaddik is greater, values purity. And any exposure to something tummy, something impure, to an impure experience is a spiritual liability. However, the other opinion, which the Rambam rules lahalacha, the Makam Shavali Truva says that yes, you might be sacrificing purity in the chait, but if ultimately you do truva, overall, you are a richer Rachmiyistika person when you lose the battle and win the war. In a certain sense, these two perspectives of Chazal, who is greater than Tzadik or the Balchuva, how do you see the Chayt as something per se ugly or something potentially beautiful, really reflects the dichotomy between Ahava and Yerah. And let me explain. Ava does not simply mean love. Ava means, the Svarim tells, expansiveness. The ability to drive to move beyond my present conditions. While Yira is an approach of restraint, control, discipline. So the idea that a place of Tuma can actually be a station from which one expands to even greater growth presupposes Ava, presupposes creativity presupposes expansiveness and an expansive perspective if I don't have an expansive perspective how can I see an ugly condition in which I find myself as possible of redemption if I have a more disciplined, restrained rigid approach of Yira then I measure things on the surface level. I'm in an ugly place and I need to run away to a beautiful place and sever all contact with that past. And we therefore understand now why the Gemara tells us in Yuma that it is only in Truva Mayava, it is only when Truva is done from a place of love that Zdonos Naslo Kazhuyos, the Avera itself, becomes a merit. Because in Truva Meyavu, when Truva's from a place of love, i.e. from a place of 
an expansive perspective, a creative place. What is the creative genius of the Balchuba, who's able to see amidst his chet the potential for something beautiful? On the other hand, Tshuva Meyera, when Tshuva's from a place of Yera, including the elevated Yera of all, of Yera's Haromos. But if Tshuva's from a place of Yera, Yera's by definition a modality of restraint, discipline, and in such a perspective, I need to control myself to be in a positive environment, insulated from all negativity. So when I'm being Ivan Meyera, I can't really find place in which to incorporate my brushes with the outside, my brushes with tongue, because I'm operating in a modality of Yira, restraint, discipline. Think about somebody who's engaged in an outline of Yira. Going cold turkey from hate. It would be negative to deem any of their brushes with the outside positive. Imagine an alcoholic going cold turkey, or a fellow in a methadone clinic going cold turkey. His whole avoda is not to see the, the alcohol or the drug is a positive. No, to see in unwavering terms. It's wrong. Yira. So in the of Yira, I'm not redeeming my past. By definition, I am disowning my past. And of course, there's a makam for Avoda of Yira. Arguably, it is that first step of Aziva Sakhir of going cold turkey. It is only in Truva Meyahava, the Truva of creativity of an expansiveness of perspective where I have the creative genius to see even within my uritos, my supposed failures, the kernels of something beautiful, which can be directed. And that's why it's only true for me, Avin, which is donos nasalo So I would suggest. And in a certain sense, these two perspectives of Chuvumiyav and Chuvumiyera, seeing a, seeing a hate and a personal failing as essentially ugly or potentially beautiful, redeemable, essentially redeemable. Ava and Yera, these are really two personalities. We, we each have a side of Ava and Yera in ourselves. We each need Ava and Yera. As the Zohar tells us, just as a, a bird needs two wings to fly, Every mitzvah we do must be held aloft by these two wings, Av and Yira. But from person to person, from the shaman and the shaman, you will find a difference in terms of dominance. You have more avatika personalities and more yiratika personalities, which on its deepest level means you have individuals who are more creative, expansive, definitely more in the clouds type of people and individuals who are much more yiridic, as in disciplined, practical. You know, it's, in the, it's a very creative perspective to see potential good in something evil. If you're living in the realm of practicality, bottom line, the hate is to be avoided. Bottom line, there are clear boundaries. When you're living, if you're a more practical person, pragmatic person, at the risk of getting a bit personal with people. I see this as the engineer personality. Engineers tend to be super hyper-practical about making a bridge. You have to get everything exactly right. I've never met an engineer who's philosophically inclined, although maybe I've not met enough people. Um, it's a year, more of a year personality. 
And again, the more apathetic a personality is usually less usually somewhat less practical, more creative, more dreamy. And this explains or sheds light on a mystery in the above studied Gemara, the Gemara I began with. The debate in Chazal, who is greater, the Tzaddik or the Balshiv? The sheet of the opinion that the Balchuva is greater than the Tzaddik cites the following Pasuk in Yeshaya. Shalom, shalom, larachok ulakharov, Omar Hashem, Hashem says shalom to the one who is far and to the one who is near. Notice how the Pasuk first stresses the overture of shalom which Hashem sends the rachok, the one who is perceived as distant. It is the Jew who is Rachok from Hashem, and now coming close, who receives the first overture of Shalom, and only then, Lakarov. You see, the Baal Tshuva is greater. What do you know, however? The other Shitur of Yochanan, who believes Sadek is greater, in classic Gemara style, turns the whole drosh of the Pasuk on its head. He says, yeah, Shalom, shalom Rachok Lakarov. The first person in the Pasuk, the Rachok, does not mean the person who was Rachok from Hashem. You know what it means, Sasir Yochanan? The person who was Rachok from Chet. Shalom to the person who was pure and pristine and Rachok from Chet all along. He's first. Right? That Yid who was raised with Dush of a tyrant and never wavered. And only then the Karov, the individual who was close to sin and grappled, he's only second. Now, Rabbi Yochanan's Drasha always bothered. Rabbi Yochanan, think about it, in his interpretation of this Pasuk, is interpreting Rachok and Kara far and distant, not in terms of the individual's relationship to Hashem, but rather in terms of the individual's relationship to hate. Provocatively, Rabbi Yochanan's frame of reference is not Hashem, but hate. Far doesn't mean far from Hashem, but means far from Chet. Close doesn't mean close to Hashem, but close to Chet. How can it be that the assumed frame of reference is not Hashem, the essence of everything, but sin? But now I got it. I realize that the Rabbi Yechanan Mahalach, the Mahalach of Yira, the Mahalach of scrupulousness, Yira rather than Hava, is not, and this might sound extreme, overtly pointing at Hashem, but actually pointing at the road to reach Hashem, Halacha. You understand? We all know very practical Bali Halacha who are focused on the minutia of ritual. Because the only way, of course, to develop a relationship, Tasha, is through observing the minutia of halacha. So in their very immediate Midas Hayira perspective, the frame of reference is actually the red lines of hate that they're supposed to be avoiding. Think about it. This persona, when he gives a shear, 
you're going to hear the word treif a lot more than the word Hashem. No? The person who's living in the realm of the practicality, the Baal Halacha. And I'm not saying this with any canai. Right? You're going to hear the word treif a lot more than the word Hashem. Virtue is being, mer- is being measured in terms of how far away is it from Isser and treif rather than Hashem. It sounds provocative. But I'm not being demeaning when I say this, because think about it. When you're driving on a trip, you are headed to New York for a family reunion. Well, of course, the vision is the beautiful family reunion, the rebonding experience. But as you're driving, you're concerned with the practicalities, the gasoline, the ways, the salon, because that's the means to get there. So the person who's living in the realm of practicality, the Midas Hayera personality, that's Sadek, rather than the Balchuva, the Midas Hayera, which is the word Sadek itself, from the word Sadek, justice, here, what's right? Do what's right. The do what's right, the good boy, tzaddik, the word tzaddik, do what's right, the good boy is focused on scrupulousness. Yeah, because that's the means, practically, how you reach the destination of Kirvas Hashem, of course. But the practical Midas Hagira tzaddik personality, their frame of reference is taka the chayt, the tariff to be avoided. So rachok, the frame of reference for rachok is avoidance of chayt. That is the scrupulous tzaddik personality. Maritika revelation in the Gemara. It is taka chidish, the perspective of the Balchuva, who is who is focused not on process but on goal, not on their present place, but on the journey and where they're headed. It's ultimately all about Hashem, a Hashem who is limitless and can even be accessed from a place of impurity. It is only in that perspective where Hashem always remains the frame of reference. And therefore, Rachok means Rachok from Hashem, but nonetheless, he's affirmed first in the Pasuk. Meirutika, provocative perspective. But I argue laid bare when we read this Gemara clearly and with sensitivity. Now, the more I develop this approach, and the more I turn to the writings of the master himself, Rabbi Tzadok Lubun, more revelations became apparent. Rabbi Tzadok writes that this tension between Tzadok and Balchuva, what I am terming, Avanyeria, scrupulousness versus creativity, and this is a fundamental issue, Think about the very practical person and how he looks at the creative person as dreamy and off the beat. In fact, the dreamy person looks at the practical personality as myopic. Right? Fundamental tension of life and relationship, many of us have this. Rav Tzadok argues that this tension comes along in the life story of two great Amarov. Two great Amarov who are deeply connected on a soul level. Rabbi Yochanan and Rishlakish. Rabbi Yochanan, the great, the leading Amor in Eretz Yisrael, who is Makarev Rishlakish the bandit to become his fellow Amor and Baal. Brother-in-law. Was Rishlakish the one who said that uh, Karav means Karav? No, I, no. 
it's Rabbi Avo, but, but we're getting there, yes. However, exactly as was said, Reb Tzadik sees the relationship between Rabbi Yochan and Rabbi Shlokish as really playing out this tension. The Tzadik and the Balchuva. The Tzadik and the Balchuva, who have two different perspectives and want to embrace each other. Now, as was mentioned, it is so resonant, according to this, that Rabbi Yochanan is in fact the one who says in the Gemara and Baruchas that the Tzadik is Gadol and the Balchuva. Reish Lakish, his brother-in-law, I believe, enriches him with the perspective of the Balchuva being greater, this former bandit who becomes the Talmud Chavar of Rabbi Yochanan. With a final dramatic flourish, Rabbi Sadak asserts that every Machlekas, Rabbi Yochanan, Reish Lakish, and all of Shas, how many do you think there are? How many hundreds? Every machlekas Rabbi Yechon and Reish Lakish and Shas, take the seemingly driest, most technical machlekas, somehow is connected to the question of Migod Old Tzadik or Balchuva, which opens up all sorts of creative and exciting possibilities and calls for approval. What I want to do now is, prodded by the master here of Tzadik, I want to now develop the story of Rabbi Yechon and Reish Lakish in their initial contact and see how it brings to life this issue. And the final halacha is embodied by Reish Lakish. That b'makam shavali tshuvayintin tzatikim Well, when Reish Lakish was still in his bandit days, the Gemara tells us, he was prancing around, probably on the pursuit of his next great bounty. He is in the region of the Yardin, and he sees in the distance a figure bobbing in the Yardin, a silhouette of sorts, which it sounds like from the continuation of the Gemara he thought was a woman, and he was motivated to engage in hot pursuit. But lo and behold, it was the Heluka Rabbi Yechanan bathing in the air. And as Rish Lakish leaps into the Yardin in an Olympian feat, Rabbi Yechanan says, Chayalech your extraordinary strength must be for Torah alone. There's a different path for you. Now, in light of everything we've developed, about the tension between Sadak and Balchuva, as embodied by these two people, you appreciate the sheer richness of that statement. Because Rabbi Yechanan recognizes from his first encounter with Reish Lakish the potential to take wayward passions of the past and redirect them in the new direction. That the Balchuva does not stunt himself and kill himself. As I read, a beautiful book written by a Baal Shuvah upon the encouragement of Moshe Weinberger, who wrote about many Baal Shuvah today struggle, that they think they have to disown parts of themselves and deaden parts of themselves until they learn how to express it authentically and with health. Here, it is Reish Lakish who demonstrates to Rabbi Yechim the concept that everything which Reish Lakish was 
The meister he seemingly was as the highway robber and the plunder. All of that can find consummate expression in the Torah. How rich it is Reish Lakish who evokes this realization in the one who till now believed Tzadik other Rabbi Yochanan himself. And let's continue to develop the Gemara from this perspective. When Rabbi Yochanan tells Reish Lakish, your strength is for Tyra, Mr. Bandit. What does Reish Lakish famously respond? Disappointed. Now that he sees that this beautiful silhouette wasn't, is in fact a man. Rabbi Yochanan was from the most beautiful man. By the way, the Gemara tells us there in Bav Metzia that Rabbi Yochanan was unable to grow a beard, which I believe is part of why the silhouette at a distance appeared as a woman to Reish Lakish, I surmise. But be that as it may, what is the disappointed Reish Lakish who already had a sharp mind. What does he respond? When Rabbi Yechanan says, your strength is for Tyra, he responds, well, your beauty is wasted. Your beauty should have found its place on a what? To which Rabbi Yechanan says, well, I have a sister who's even more beautiful than me. Come and join me. And you will, I will give you my sister's hand in marriage, and that's exactly what happened. Now, I would like to suggest that to appreciate this story maturely, we have to understand that when Rabbi Yechanan originally told Reish Lakish, your strength is for Tyra, he was not simply talking about the brute power of the ability to leap large leaps. Because there are many Herculean strong people. And we don't find that Rabbi Yechonah would all the time point at every muscle man and say, you should be learning. I suggest that Rabbi Yechonah saw Reish Lakish was not simply strong by normal Gashmistika measures, but possessed a strength which was so extraordinary that it had to be more than muscle. It had to be grounded in extraordinary in a power of personality which catapulted himself. That this was a special person made of special stuff. Which explains to me this continuation when Rabbi Yochanan offered him his daughter's hand in marriage. Because it seems so peculiar. It always troubled me. Is Rabbi Yochanan reducing his sister to mere chattel? No excuse me. In the interest to make a Tamar Chacham, have we made a tire of Bas Yisrael into a prize, into a trophy? I refuse to believe it. I think what's going on here is that Reish Lakish, for all of his fierce hollow, was an extraordinary person. It was much more than brute force. It was an extraordinary persona on display here. 
And just as he was physically strong in manifestation of his kaifas hanafesh, the allure which he was seeking in the body of Rabbi Eichanan was not simply a vain, skin-deep attraction. As we know, the Svarim Akhtayishim tells us that true Yaifi, the true attraction of Yaifi, is based on a very healthy <coughs> nishamateke drive of true connection between people. And it is very apparent when this drive is skin deep or at its root based on an authentic ava. And seeing Reish Lakish's extraordinary exhibition of kaychas hanafesh, I believe Rabbi Yechanan saw like his physical strength, his lure to the beauty of Rabbi Yechanan was not simply vain, but was an expression of a neshamadika, soul connection to Rabbi Yechanan as Rishlakish perceived him in a woman which reflected that his true soulmate, his true Bashar, was actually the feminine version of Rabbi Yechonah in the form of his sister. My point is that this is a sensitive mahalach, but my point, is, my point is overall, the idea which is taking shape in this provocative Gemara is, B'makam Shabali Tshuva Aymden, on a whole new level, This highway robber coming to embrace himself and even his most wayward passions as something beautiful and consummately Kaddish. And develop this way, we can continue to learn through this Gemara. And it's continued at so the Gemara continues as follows. They seem to live happily ever after, the two brothers-in-law. Rish Lakish is now a Talmud Chacham, learning and debating from Mocham to Shaltair with Rabbi Yechon the base match. Until one fine day. They are learning Masechus Kalim and the laws, the halachas, of when various kalim, the vessels are makabal tum, and they're talking about the halachas of daggers, and you know where this is going, various daggers and swords, when it's a makabal tum, when you place them in the smithery oven, or when you cool it off in water afterwards, Rabbi Yechonin Rishlakish tussle about this, and Rabbi Yechonin says, you know, you have a point here, you know what you're talking about. Listen, balestanusa, you're a thief, you know this stuff, daggers is your, is, is, is your thing. Right, I defer to the expert. The dagger is the, 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 the thief is busy with his thing. And Rish Lakish is extremely hurt. In the words of the Gemara, he says, So what have you done for me? Maya Hanasli, what have you done for me? Yeah? The thief is busy with his thing. So really, what have I become in life? In my previous life, I was called the head thief. Now I am called 
the Ram, the Had, Kamachacham. What have you really done for me? Now this Gemara is so puzzling. One has the temptation to read it through superficial, childish eyes that he was deeply hurt and through a fit of hysteria. But let's not succumb to that. We're learning a piece of Helugagata here, which always must be mined for a deeper concept below the surface. It can't be that Rishlakish as the Amira now had such thin skin that simply had a personal offense. He was crying hysteria. He is articulating some meaningful, even holy sentiment here when he says, how have you really helped me by making me a Baal this is how you see it. But how, what do you mean? What sort of question is that? You're a Halegat Sadek now. And before, you were an ugly thief. So what do you mean? What have you done for me by making me a Baal if you're still calling me a thief? I think the shot is like this. Of course, Reish Lakish recognizes that his matzav ruchni in life, his circumstances are so much older. But his issue is something else. Reish Lakish, as the embodiment of Baltruva, believes that no aspect of past self is to be disowned or negated. That actually all parts of our past are something beautiful and enriching. So the fact that he wasn't born in Meishar, but born in East Baltimore or some other school of hard knocks, is not a liability, but is actually his chalak in that when he is learning Masechus Caleb and brings this former thief perspective into the base Medrash, that is not to be seen as a thief thing. That's actually his Halaga Chalak entire. Let me bring it out this way for you. I don't know if you've had this experience, but in some more insulated and insular environments in certain yeshivas, sometimes they'll have a Baal who knows some things about the world, and actually he helps the Bachar when they're learning a Gemara with some outside knowledge. So many times they view that Baal contribution from an almost utilitarian perspective. Yeah, really it's good we didn't have to be there like you. You never had to be there, right? So you could bring in that idea for us. Okay, so siyata deshman, right? Okay, never, you were in the fat place, so... But I want to suggest, if you really accept your tzaddik's approach to Pamakum Shavali Tshuva Aintin, that Baal Tshuva, this is his chalak in Tyra. The fact that he's learning Tyra now with the entire perspective of his past life, that is consummately holy. That is his chalak in Tyra. That is his path in life, how he, became, how he is who he is today. So it's not the shot. As Rabbi Yechanan articulated, Rabbi Yechanan, who's the embodiment of tzaddik, you see in Rabbi Yechanan's eyes, the fat place is tummy. The place of the thieves is tummy. So good, maybe you're shining light for us on the halacha, but he's saying the robber is busy with his thievery. 
He's saying, fellow Talmide Beis Madrash, the fact that Rish Lakish was able to unlock this halacha, don't believe it's that his path in life is the holier path. Don't make a mistake that you need to expose yourself to that world, and you appreciate why this is so important for a Yechim of the status. He firmly says, the thief is busy with his thievery. That's the thief world. That's not the world of Tyra. Yes, on a utilitarian level, we benefit from it. But the thief is busy with his thievery. It is not a virtue, but a vice. A vice which he had. Rish Lakish firmly and ideologically rejects that. This is my Chalik and Tyra. This is not a thief talking. This is a richer Tamachacha whose chelek in Tyra is Baal Tshuva. So don't say this is the thief perspective in Tyra. So now, read carefully when he says, Maya Hamas Lee, how have you benefited me? Think what he said, the Hagasha is on the me. Rabbi Eichanan, you are not appreciating the person in Tyra. You are not appreciating the journey the person, the self-development. You are simply assessing based on the place. This is a holy place. That is a trefa place. Nebuch, you had to be in that unholy place. Right? Says Reish Lakish. Avoidas Hashem is not just about the destination, but about the journey. It's about the person. The person becoming a richer person as we all go through our Elias and Uranus in life. Maya Hanis Lee. The me is essentially no different. I was the head there. I was the head there. I'm wearing a different suit. The person has been fundamentally negated, says Reish Lakish. Maya Hanis Lee, the Tyrus Ha'otam, is negated from the Tzaddik over Baal perspective which Reish Lakish comes to teach to the world. You haven't helped the me. You haven't recognized the me. You've stifled the me. You've been, you've stupped Ruchnius on me from your perspective and neutered the me. If you are seeing my past, or if you are seeing my present, my present perspective, not as enriched by my past, but my present perspective entirely as my holy contribution, Maya Hanas Lee. There's an autumn in Tyra. And from this perspective, so many nuances of the Gemara can be explained. I do not have the time to do this justice. That will be for a future shear on Sukkot, but as Hashem and Shem. But one final lustrous nugget in this Gemara, which I would like to reveal from this perspective, is now, with this in mind, I want to return to the original back and forth between Rabbi Yechenon and Reish Lakish. Think of Reish Lakish in his Olympian leap into the Yardane pursuing this supposed woman who's really Rabbi Yechanan. Rabbi Yechanan's statement, your strength is for time. I want to suggest 
that there was, from a Baal Tshuva perspective, from a Shlokishtika perspective, something incomplete about Rabbi Yechanan's statement. Rabbi Yechanan, who's speaking from the perspective of Tzantik. When Rabbi Yechanan says, your strength is for Tyra, notice he's talking about a faculty of Rishlakish. Your strength can be reapplied. He doesn't say anything about Rishlakish's personality. Uncle Rabbi Yechanan wants you for the ranks of the base madrash. You! You! You're, you, you, the persona, are for Tyra. You, in terms of everything you are, supposed works, supposed vices which are in fact virtues. It's a physical capacity which can be reapplied. Okay, till now you've been running marathons, in the gutter, now you will be running marathons in yeshiva on the blot of a Gemara. That's incomplete from Rishlakish's perspective. Rishlakish's role is really to reveal as a Talmud Chacham I'm so much richer, not despite my past, but due to my past in the gutter, which I want to suggest now is going to explain his stinging retort to Rabbi Yechanan. Rabbi Yechanan said your strength is for Tyra. What did Rabbi Yechanan apply? Your beauty is for women. Now it sounds smart-alecky, it sounds sharp, it sounds per- characteristically Yiddish. But there must be deeper meaning to that retort. Especially when you consider that on the face of it, the comparison is a little imperfect. Because when Rabbi Yechanan told Rishlakish, your strength is for Tyra, that's something which Rishlakish is fully capable of doing. Go learn. Take your strength and redirect it to Tyra. But Rabbi Yechanan, this is not fair. When you tell Rabbi Yechanan your beauty is for women, there's nothing Rabbi Yechanan could do about it. He's left lingering in self-pity. There's something incongruent in this exchange here. So more than simply a wise retort, I believe this incongruent response is exactly what Rish Lakish seeks to get across and continues to seek to get across in his journey as a Balchuva. And due to time constraints, while I'm with this. Because let's think about Rabbi Yechon, in all of his beauty, who, lo and behold, is a man. What is Rabbi Yechonon supposed to do with himself and with his body? Is he supposed to say, fluke, the good Lord made a mistake here, Halilah? What is he supposed to do with this? And this touches on a very sensitive issue in contemporary times, which I want to approach with the appropriate sensitivity and delicateness, but at the same time, with clarity of perspective. People struggle because they have very rigid, one-size-fits-all perspectives. And I argue much of the confusion in the modern age on the whole issue of gender and gender identity 
is actually because people have very rigid, unidimensional, preconceived notions about what a Zohar is, what an Akev is. The truth is, we each have very different kaychas and afesh, as much as we're all men. And on the other side of the mechitzi, you'll say all women. We all have very different kaychas and afesh, which are supposed to find self-expression as a zakhar. And on the other side, the other side. Zakhar is as diverse in its meaning as there are people, and for our purposes, as there are yidin. And I shouldn't be looking over my shoulder at you to decide what's manly. I find my manhood in my kaychas hanafesh. And if Rabbi Yechanan has a physical beauty, well, apparently there is some manly tyrannic expression of that, which presumably Rabbi Yechanan found. In the modern era, because, I actually believe it is because of the superficiality of perspective in the Western world, which has lost its connection to a realm of the spirit. For, if there's a unidimensional perspective of Zachar and Akev, then an individual believes there's something sick. I am sick. And Khalila, the individual, is drawn to take desperate, and people should not joke, very sad measures. I believe for the Maimon in HaKadosh Baruch Hu, who believes that I am beautiful as my Siyat of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, which means I am beautiful in all the aspects and elements of myself, Nefesh, Ruach, Neshama, and Guth. That any aspect of myself, including the Guth, has a healthy, unique expression as the Yachit who I am. So I believe, this is what Rish Lakish is seeking to convey to Rabbi Yechanan. Rabbi Yechanan, you are approaching my kaychas from a gashmi, utilitarian perspective. Chayalei okay, redirect that strength towards Tyra. We could use that sort of hervania. You won't be robbing anymore. You'll have the zitzvah on the benches in the basement. But Rish Lakish is saying, hold on, you're talking about utilitarian capacities. That's not what I want to hear. I want to hear that me, with my kaychas hanafesh, not becoming a you, Rabbi Yechonan, and stifling what I was told I was abandoned, but me as Rishwakish now with my new Rishwakish expression in Tyra. I want to hear it's the me in Tyra. And the way he drives it home is he says, Rabbi Yechonan, think about you. Do you believe there's something incongruent about yourself in the fact that you have beauty which I would have associated with a woman, which is in fact you, you find some beautiful manifestation of yourself in your entirety in a way which is unfathomable to other people, and that is the Darach of Kedusha. Well, ultimately, that is what my direction is. Through B'mak and Shabali Tshuva Aintin. There is no part of me which really doesn't have a place in terms of my mission. The whole me is essentially beautiful, redeemable, and can find beautiful, healthy self-expression. And while most of us are not struggling with the type of issues which Reish Lakish struggled with, our Darach of Tshuva is hopefully in more subtle ways 
than thievery. The yisaida for makam shabali tshuva is still true. This conception of in this conception of tshuva, we don't negate ourselves; we embrace ourselves. I look at past struggles as revealing kaiches hanafesh which I have, and I find some expression in tyra mitzvahs chesed relationships. Everything, and if I'm sophisticated, ruchni demands sophistication rather than immaturity. If I'm mature and sophisticated, I use my past as a light to myself to reveal who I am and how I can rechannel myself to a more beautiful, rewarding, ruchnistic place. And with this in mind, I will end with a sentiment, and I apologize. We've ran a bit over time tonight. I will conclude with this in a moment. I think of this every morning when we say, L'davad Hashem. My father and mother have abandoned me. Now, Nesaira is that every capital in Tehillim has to be relevant to every yachad, every man, woman, every Nisham and Klal Yisrael, as they say. We, have, we, we find personal relevance. We connect to it. David HaMelech summed up every Yiddish and Nesham's experience. I want to ask you a question. How do you say ki avi avinia zavuni if Baruch Hashem you had loving parents? Like, I hope most of us had largely loving parents with all their limitations. How do you say, how do you mouth those words, ki avi avinia zavuni? I mean, how can we just mouth the words? Stop thinking. Sincerely, avi avinia zavuni, what do you mean? Well, I contend. We all have aspects of self and idiosyncrasies which the world cannot appreciate. Even the most loving parents and educators and Sviva and Chaverim see as a liability. They are never going to fully appreciate the magic of the Makam Shabali Chuba in terms of ourselves. Only we can appreciate it. The notion that aspects of me, which other people might revile or despise, even parents feel they need to stifle this. This is his problem rather than his solution. It is those aspects. They had to stifle me and have me step in line. But there's an inner child here which was inhibited. It is those aspects of self where Avi Ve'imi Azavoni, where only I and the Rabbina Shalom, myself and the Rabbina Shalom, can communicate, commune about this. I've been abandoned. This is a part of me unappreciated, which must find healthy fulfillment even if the world despises it or looks down upon it. This is healthy tshuva. This is healthy self-redemption. May we all be zaycha to this high road of tshuva, which is self-affirming, self-redeeming, embracing of the entire nefesh atom, warmest, most fervent brachas of Gemar Chasim